welcome to this edition of the Clearly Cast Gasco podcast, powered by JC Innovations and Kedco. So Jody, pleased to be here today with Ryan Martin with Louis Dreyfus Company, one of our leading agribusiness uh, employers here in Kaskaska County. Good morning. Good to be here with you guys. Awesome. Good Thank morning, you, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, so we're um, we're having a conversation with Ryan, and uh, we want to get to know who the great Ryan Martin is. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, first things first. Um, that so the great Ryan Martin doesn't work. So it's, Ryan will be fine for the for the for this. So uh, yeah, look. Um, where to begin, Jody? You know, actually, it's kind of interesting. I, I was born here, um, literally right across at the Marathon. N- literally not at the Marathon, but I'm a not Murphy. Me- I'm, I'm a Murphy yeah. Medical Center uh, baby. So gotcha. right across the right across the street, I was actually born here. Grew up in, in New Paris, up the road, went to school at Fairfield, um, and then just kind of worked my way back down here after a couple of stints in other states, uh, doing some things. So. So yeah, I'm, I'm a native uh, back home again in Indiana, I believe is the slogan that still works out there. Right on, right on. So give us a little, uh, give us a little uh, snapshot to um, your family mm-hmm. and uh, where, you're, where you guys hang out mm-hmm. and uh, what you like to do. Well, um, I'm married with uh, two boys. My oldest is now, gotta do the math, my oldest is 12 and my youngest is eight. Um, so we're south of town. We uh, we live near one of the wonderful little lakes in our county, uh, but also own and operate farmland farther south, southeast of Claypool. We have some acreage down there that uh, that we that we run row crops on right now. So where do we hang out? Uh, somewhere between there and here, pretty much all the time. You know, I'm running down to the to the farm almost every day to check on some things and uh, so here where we hang out just is a pretty local here especially given everything that's been going on recently so. yeah right on i um uh, i used to be a neighbor of ryan's did not know that yeah he's a, he's got a uh, well at least when i was his neighbor he had a really fantastic set of hobbies <laughs> still have some of those the the large dilapidated sailboat that sat out front has long been gone um got rid of that too much work but i'm a gearhead so uh, we've got some cars. Just got back. Uh, just got back out of paint. Actually, uh, my wife's 1970 Nova, and I've got an '86 Fiero. Uh, build some motorcycles. Uh, play with tractors from time to time. So, in, in addition, to just being on the lake and uh, trying to trying to swim and, and take the kids out there as much as possible. So, yeah. Uh, there's not much I won't uh, balk away from trying on my own. Well, there's a lot of stuff that you can actually do. You know, I mean, the sailboat's a great example. Um, around the area, mm-hmm. you kind of like taking full advantage of all those hobbies. I know, uh, I know, I appreciated watching you work on it. <laughs> it was uh, that was interesting. Like I said, it's uh, we decided pretty quick that that probably wasn't something that should that's not something that should stick around for a long time. But uh, you know, yeah, things that you, you know, we got ATVs that we've been rebuilding and rebuilding and go go trail ride in different places. You know, it's there is a lot to do here for whether you've got. Uh, a lot of hobbies are a few. There's there's plenty of things to do. So, um, what uh, what do you what is your eclectic background as far as profession mm-hmm. and um, and what you enjoy? Well, you know, I asked you guys when we kind of walked in the room. It's like, okay, what hat am I wearing today? Yeah, right. Um, right, right. So, you know, uh, interesting. I'm a meteorologist by degree. Um, so I'm a weatherman. Always have been. Decided when I was in fifth grade that's what I was going to do. Mm. Um, 
So that's my background, but uh, currently, you know, that's only one of the things that I do. I run my own business. I have uh, Advantage Weather Solutions, LLC, that I do um, weather and market analysis all across the country, radio stations here, there, and everywhere. Um, but I've also started the Farmer Origination Program down at Louis-Dreyfus. So one of the big four, you know, you've heard of the ABCDs, AD, ADM, Bungie, Cargill, and we're the D, Dreyfus, uh, so international company. Um, working to really kind of reach out and, and work with farmers one-on-one -on -one and provide more of a, of a help and a, and, a, and a background to marketing here. Uh, just trying to get those beans to come in. We crush 60 million bushels of beans a year. That's a lot. Um, and you don't get that without actually being able to work with the guys you hear. So, you know, wear that hat. I'm uh, president of Cascasco County Farm Bureau, Cascasco well, County SWCD. Like I said, what hat do you want me to wear? That's kind of the thing. That's that's the background. I try and keep my hands in pretty much anything that's environmental and um, and agriculture related. That's that's mm -hmm. kind of the way I find myself evolving professionally. I'll always be a meteorologist, but uh, unless you're unless you're on one of those big stations in New York and Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, you're not necessarily paying the bills. You know, all the all the time I was living next to you, I never knew that you were on the radio. I heard you on the radio mm -hmm. after I had moved, mm -hmm. and I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> got to be right. Voice. And then I saw you at Ruby Tuesdays, so I was like, were you on the radio? And then you you uh, you were like, yeah, I've been doing that for years. Give me a little give me a little snapshot of that. Well, you know, I've got a studio in our, in, in my basement, a studio office that I work out of, and I've even started doing a little TV here and there for or for, for a couple of companies on contract basis. So, uh, yeah, but just been uh, doing that for years. Uh, currently, I'm running on stations in North Dakota, South Dakota, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, all of Indiana, all of Ohio, Michigan. Um, so yeah, just going anywhere that people need weather or market information and we can provide something, well, I'll do it. How long have you been doing the radio thing? I started my company in 1998. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so fantastic. We've, uh, we've been going for, I guess that's 22 years now. Yeah, that's great. When did you move, when did you start working for Dreyfus? I started working for Dreyfus in uh, 2016. Um, so. In, 2000, uh, in 2001, I moved to Kansas after being in Pennsylvania, still doing weather at the time, mm -hmm. and after being back here for a little bit um, following some family issues, um, I moved to Kansas to start a weather network out there. Um, got into farm broadcasting instead, but after 13 years there, moved back here, and in the meantime, had moved kind of out of the full-time radio gig for somebody else, still doing my own. Uh, but moved into commodity trading, futures and options trading. Uh, once I moved back here in 2014, did that for a little bit and the Dreyfus opportunity came up. So I started January 2016 at Dreyfus. So it's been kind of an interesting up and down thing. If you would have told me uh, back when I was in school that you're going to get this degree and you're kind of going to use it but not really, uh, in terms of what your real number one paying job is, I'd have laughed at you, but that's the way it the way it comes. Yeah, right. right. It's kind of a it's an interesting journey. I think all of us have kind of oh, a yeah. windy well, road. Everybody's got stories, of course. Yeah. How is uh, how has Dreyfus been doing with all of the tumults this year? Um, Dreyfus, the company itself, has been doing great. You now our crush plant continues to run full steam. You know, we were we were blessed not to have any. Um, any issues, any COVID issues on sites or with anybody in the company. So, you know, we did 
change our method of operations. You know, most of the um, commercial buying team and the support staff there, so anybody that's working on actually buying the beans, uh, putting the paperwork together and things like that, we all transition to working from home. The, the, the office building there has been a skeleton crew, if you will. And we did the same thing to our, our production line. Um, so the plant's been running full speed all the way through all of this, but we've been doing it with the bare minimum number of people possible to be able to try and uh, uh, comply with social distancing and things like that. But happy to report, or cruising right along, and look, agriculture is an essential industry. There's no way we could take that off. That's one of the things we, we were most concerned about at the beginning, is being able to convey to farmers that we deal with, hey, look, you're essential, we're essential, bring the beans, you know, there's no need to worry about can I get from point A to point B? Yes, you can. Um, and it's been, it's been good. Now, economically speaking, you know, look, it's been a wild ride for a lot of us, right. but you know, again, agriculture is fairly static. I think uh, there was probably less impact from the COVID situation uh, than there was maybe from, from other things that have been going on prior to that regarding trade and, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Right. So, all right, so the 60 million bushels a year, right? Right. Is the number that, that you mentioned, I've heard before. Perspective. How many trucks is that? What, what, what does that mean as far as? Uh... Well, let's back it up a little bit. So um, let's go on amount that we do per day. We crush 100. So to get that 60 million, it's 175,000 bushels per day. General semi-truck load, the dual bottom hopper will hold 1,000 bushels. So 175,000 bushels per day, that means that we're crushing 175 trucks per day. Per day. So if, I, if you have less than that, then you know, you're drawing down the stocks that are If you have more of that, then you're building stocks. So 60 million, just take your 60 million, divide it by 1,000. That's how many trucks we have to have come through there a year, at least at bare minimum, just to cover what we crush. And is that one of the larger facilities? It is around? one of the large. It is the largest vertically integrated. So okay. what I mean by that is, you know, look, we don't just crush the beans there. A lot of places go and, and will crush beans and create soybean meal and mm -hmm. soybean oil. That's the two. That's the two mainstays out of any crush plant. Meal's a feed, oil is whatever. Well, we take the oil, turn it into biodiesel, turn, that, turn some of that byproduct into refined glycerin. So we're vertically integrated. Anything that you can make out of that little soybean, we do all right there. Right. And in terms of that kind of setup, we are the biggest plant. The biggest plant in the country? Yeah, now in terms of crush, um, uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, I think is over 200,000 okay. uh, bushels a day. But they don't vertically integrate. They're not doing biodiesel on site. They're not doing these other things. They're just meal and oil, meal and oil. Okay. And folks driving along on State Route 15 might see some new construction. Yep. Happening on the campus. Yep. They're probably not seeing much now because we're basically done. But uh, one of the biggest things, and I took part in a strategic planning meeting a few years back, and uh, one of the platform heads, a uh, guy from Argentina, came in. He was listening to this stuff, and he stopped the meeting. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, people, I need something that smells of money. <laughs> and I'm next. So, you know, the whole presentation that I have for this, that, and the other thing, and it was the standard, you know, uh, strengths, weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. I'm next. Well, it's like, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? He's, you know, he clearly doesn't want what he's hearing. Mm -hmm. So he stood up, started to go through uh, the strengths, weaknesses thing, and then I just stopped. I go, hey, honestly, look, if you want something that smells of money in Claypool, Indiana, I need space. I can't crush beans that I don't have. We can't crush beans that we don't have. You want, some, you want something that smells of money in clay, bullet space. Uh, fast forward a few years, we finally have that space, right. and we're hoping to be able to christen it 
commission it, whatever you want to call it, soon and have that. There's six million bushels of new space, three million in each of those sheds. Um, and that effectively doubles what we can have on site. So we're looking forward to being able to do that, looking forward to be able to have guys come in and uh, a dump at will, mm -hmm. especially this harvest. We're really hoping to be able to have it up for harvest this year. So, yeah, a lot of construction. And then we also added a place down there where we can package our own glycerin on site. So, and that's key. As, you know, especially, I mean, you want to talk about what was happening earlier this year. Uh, I think everybody and their brother, even here in Kosciuszko County, decided, hey, hand sanitizer is what we should be in. Well, one of the key ingredients in hand sanitizer, you know, pre-COVID is refined glycerin. I mean, glycerin is in everything. And uh, we decided, uh, the company decided that there was, there was uh, a need to be able to just package that product on site instead of having to send big bulks over here and doing this and having somebody else do it. We can do it here, try and keep it local. Mentioned uh, Dreyfus is an international company, mm -hmm. right? So the people either coming to visit our area from from all over the world, or people maybe coming to work here from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what's what's their reaction? What do they, what do they think about this area? What's uh, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Um, we don't get as many right into Dreyfus from you know all over the world as as you would think at times, and other times we did. Like just before everything happened earlier this year, we realized we had several on site from uh, from a program that we have that uh, uh, well, none of us really even knew were here. They had come in across from Southeast Asia. So uh, that was neat, uh, kind of interesting. I hadn't get, didn't get to talk with them very much before we all kind of <laughs> were shuttered. But, um, you know, their experiences were, you know, they kind of bundled together sure. and uh, were just checking things out. I didn't hear anything bad, but I don't think they got to explore as much as they would have liked. Um, but I can say folks that have come in from other parts of the country and have been in here, at first glance, they, what, what everybody catches their eye to start with is the lakes. The lakes, um, right. You know, and, and then from there, it's just kind of, okay, well, now what? Because this is nice, but now what? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it takes the right kind of person to want to be able to explore and find now what? Um, and I think that's, in this current society, um, we're finding less people that want to dig in and find more. They just want to, oh, this is good or this isn't, and, and move on to the next mm -hmm. thing. But anybody that's stayed a while has figured out, okay, um, this is all right. I like the quaintness of fill in the blank here or this over here, and it's not all of just about the lakes, which I think as a relative lifelong resident, I think is kind of cool. Well, and I moved over from not too far away, but I mean, I, I feel there's still a lot of well-kept secrets here. Mm -hmm. I mean, even people live here a lot longer than I've been here just aren't familiar with you. Mm -hmm. Anything that comes to mind as far as just those well-kept secrets you've come across? Well, here's the thing. So the lakes are not a well-kept secret. It's not a secret at all. Everybody knows it's the land of, you know, I guess it's Minnesota. It says it's the land of 10,000 lakes. I think Kosciuszko County at one time was the land of 1,000 lakes. But, you know, everybody knows about that. One of the things that you know, my family likes to do and I think is a really uh, a cool thing that not many people know about, and I know not many people know about it because you can go and literally see no one while doing it is we've got a lot of actual nature preserves mm -hmm. protected lands uh, acres land trust areas around here and even within that uh, that you can go and explore now uh, days like what we've seen this past week is that a good time to do it eh, probably not. <laughs> right. but you know the fall we love to get out to a wildwood nature preserve down there just uh, east of Silver Lake right, off State 14. Road 14 we love being down there in the fall you know, it's awesome time to be out there, you know, and just, I know it's not 
quite Kosciuszko County, but more of the same Pisgah Marsh, Koinonia uh, Nature Preserve over in the Pearson area. I mean, we've got all of those kind of areas that allow you to be out and be involved in nature mm -hmm. and do everything from you know sightseeing and just taking a leisurely walk to doing more, doing more exploring, getting down, getting your hands dirty, which my kids like to do. Yeah, we, uh, we like to bribe our kids, um, you know, hey, we'll be happy to take you to the, to the igloo and Silver Lake for ice cream, mm -hmm. but we're going to do a walk at the preserve first, mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah. try that out. And, and, and like I said, you can go out there and, I mean, mm -hmm. have you ever run across anybody else while you're out there? No. Very rarely, no. if at all. And, and so, it's a secret. Now, on one hand, that's good that you don't <laughs> run across anybody else, but on the other hand, it also tells me that some of these features are being underused. Well, maybe you'll start seeing more people. You could see. Yeah, yeah right. Um, before we move on to the Farm Bureau, I just wanted to kind of touch base again on uh, the Dreyfus facility mm -hmm. and, and um, what some of the people who may be using the Dreyfus facility can expect from the new expansion from a flow standpoint, efficiency right. standpoint. Well, the first thing that you're going to be able to expect is, you know, once it's open and going, you're going to expect a lot of confusion and headache. I mean, let, let's be honest, when that plant started back in 2008, we cranked her up. I mean, we're building and, and I think we officially were taking beans in late 2007. But once we really got cranking in 2008, since then to now, the flow pattern, as you said, has always been the same. Come in, turn right, go around the horseshoe, do this, do that. What? Well, now there's going to be some changes because you're still going to be able to do that but then you've also got, or you go over here and dump over here. Traffic patterns are going to be different, the same yet different. And the biggest thing, and this is, this can speak to everyone. The biggest thing that you're going to have to do when you show up to drive with a load of beans is pay attention. Mm -hmm. Just pay attention because there's going to be people and signals and things that basically say, okay, you're going here, you go here, you do this, you do that. And it's, now look, once we get through that initial bump, and my hope, my desire is that as we get closer to the grand opening or the commissioning of it, you know, I would love to be able to have a day or a week where it's like, hey, come on down, we're going to load a bus, and we're going to take you through the new traffic pattern. Now, given our current regulations on COVID and everything else, can I put a bunch of farmers on a bus? Probably not. So it may be, come on down, we'll hold hands, and I'll lead you through. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I would like to be able to kind of lay things like that out. Yeah, right. But uh, once it's up and going, Jody, um, we're going to be moving through some product there. Right. Uh, we're going to go from one of the slowest unloaders in the area to one of the fastest. Mm -hmm. um, currently, our capacity, if we are at capacity, which means there's probably lines, we can handle 500 trucks a day, 525. Uh, that could go to 1,400, should go to 1,400. So, a lot more truck traffic going through there. That's what folks can expect. And, you know, again, I you know, I put together the Watch for Farm Equipment on the Road signs right. that you see with uh, Dreyfus's logo, and, you know, Farm Bureau is doing it too. I just want to say to the community, you're going to see a lot more. I'm hope My hope is at fall, at harvest time, a lot more of those trucks are going to be coming in off of State Road 15. So, if you're near, be careful. Again, just like the, the truck guys have to pay attention when they show up on site. Mm -hmm. We got to pay attention on the road. Uh, I've seen, it's funny, I just started farming a couple of years ago, got my property and started farming. And the very first time I uh, tried to take uh, one of my gravity wagons from, from the house at the lake down to the farm, not one, not two, but three Yahoos getting nuts in how they're driving around, just a simple gravity wagon. So 
got to pay attention, but that's going to be the biggest thing is going to be increased truck flow and also increased flow through the plant. We're looking forward to it. Are we going to see more trucks from every direction or certain geographic areas you think we might see more trucks coming from? I don't think outside of harvest itself, I don't think you'll see that. Because, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest time that this new space is mm -hmm. going to be needed is right, right at harvest. And, and I think that, you, you know, a lot of times guys are saying, look, we'd love to be able to come over here, but I can't afford to sit in a line for two hours to got dump. It. But harvest, I got to get that truck dumped and back because I'm filling it again. Mm -hmm. um, so at harvest, I think the more trucks that you're going to see are going to be coming from a relatively local area okay. trying to do more turns because at harvest, that's what it's all about. It's about turns. So I don't think you're going to be seeing an influx of trucks trying to come down uh, 15 out of Michigan at harvest right. time. Um, you know, that truck traffic should stay the same throughout, uh, throughout the year. All right. Right on. So um, let's put on another one of your hats. All right. This all one's right. off. On all with right. another one. So talk to me about the Farm Bureau... Uh, insurance and um, what your role is right. and what uh, people would like to know about Farm Bureau Insurance. Well, you know, back at the Barn and Business Breakfast, uh, you know, one of the last events we were actually able to hold right. here as a, as a county, right. um, I took my time to talk about the exciting things that were coming down the pike from, uh, from Farm Bureau. Um, Farm Bureau saw a need and, and had actually presented to them by several different farmers and, and organizations, saw a need for uh, plug in a hole in healthcare, and that hole was uh, the single member LLCs, the DBAs, the sole proprietors in agriculture that didn't necessarily or could not necessarily fit into a business kind of plan that was offered by, say, a, um, a chamber of commerce or something like that, and definitely did not find any breaks whatsoever on the healthcare exchanges. Um, so it was it was affordable, lack of affordable coverage. I mean, we were hearing stories from farmers that were basically saying, well, I've got this coverage because I'm mandated, but what I am paying for it is absolutely ridiculous. So Farm Bureau did some, did some work here in Indiana, and states like Tennessee have been doing this for years, um, but put together a model where you could afford, uh, put together health coverage plans. Can't say, in, can't call it insurance because it's not insurance, but uh, put together these coverage plans that allow for affordable health coverage for individuals that can't find that same affordability on the exchanges. So again, this is targeted for farmers. You know, you own a farm, your employees are you and, oh, let's say your wife, or maybe you and one hired man that comes in. So you're not really anything, that, any entity that can get any kind of group coverage. Farm Bureau comes along and says, hey, you're a member, let us be your group we will get you a group coverage kind of scenario. And uh, got that done. We did some lobbying at the state house. The uh, state legislature approved earlier this year on nearly a unanimous level, which was impressive. I mean, in this, in this era of partisanship, to see R's and D's working together in any kind of form was nuts. And I was actually down there to watch one of the votes happen, and I was stunned. Um, but yeah, so that's out. And long story short, uh, Farm Bureau, Indiana Farm Bureau, is going to have health coverage plans available for coverage starting the 2021 calendar year, so January 1st of 2021. And those uh, applications will go out uh, to people who want them starting September 1st. So Fantastic. keep your eyes out on that. For, for people who aren't familiar with the Farm Bureau insurance mm -hmm. business, um, can you give us a little background to how long it's been around, what products they offer, and then how, yeah. do, they, how do they sign up? Like, how sure. Do they, yeah. Well, to be clear, the, um, 
the new health benefits plan is not going to be run through the insurance company okay. because uh, they're not in it's not a an insurance product it's more of a group coverage sure. and you know I'll let the legal team handle all of that <laughs> but you know uh, Farm Bureau insurance uh, Farm Bureau itself celebrated our 100th birthday last year uh, so Far Indiana Farm Bureau 100 years old been around for a good long time started as about six seven guys coming together wanting to put together a co-op find ways to continue to pool their efforts and it's just grown from there uh, we added um, shortly after a good uh, 20 30 years after added the insurance for basically the same reasons mm -hmm. uh, looking mostly at property casualty uh, then auto came along, of course. Life insurance is, is, is part of it as well. But your standard insurance suite products out of Farm Bureau Insurance. And uh, the entities are two different entities. So you've got Farm Bureau Insurance over here, and you've got uh, Farm Bureau Corporate, let's just say, over on this side. Um, I don't want to say marry the two shall meet. The insurance falls under the, the corporate brand. Um, but that's kind of how everything is set up that way. Right on. So if somebody wants to, to learn more or sign up what's the best way to get well first things first you need to be a farm bureau member yeah. so you know and if you need help with that see me I'll, I'll get you signed up in a jiffy so if that's 3250 a year let's just put it this way the the amount that uh, farm bureau has been able to take off your property taxes is more than 3250 in the in the past years through our legislative watchdog efforts and and, and, and continued presence not just at the state level but mm -hmm even at the national level, you know, any of these big issues when it was it came down to trade and all of this kind of stuff, Farm Bureau's there uh, at least trying to say, hey, agriculture's here, get what you're trying to do, understand, but hey, remember this, 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 and this, making sure that uh, that the story of farming, the story of agriculture is out there front and center. That's first things first, uh, Farm Bureau membership. And after that, uh, we do have the application packets that, again, are able to go out on September 1st. Uh, we can get you, I can get you in touch with uh, what you need to get that. It's going to be mostly um, available to do probably electronically. It's not like you're going to have to wander in and hand a big old packet of paper down to anybody, but uh, we can get you that packet too uh, starting September 1st. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, you know, I was thinking through it here at Kedco, we, uh, about the start of the year, we had this Ag Innovation Challenge. Uh, we had high school students from, from four high schools, we had seven teams come in, spend a day with a hackathon, working on some challenges that actually uh, some of our partners in agribusiness had, had identified for mm -hmm. us. And so with your perspective, again, all the various ways you're involved in agribusiness throughout our county and really as a leader, you know, statewide and nationally, I'm curious if there are challenges or opportunities you see that we should we should look at. And let me share a couple of the things we had the, the students work on, just as examples. So a uh, real high level, we had, we had uh, areas around uh, worker safety, mm -hmm. around automation in agriculture, around access to housing. Uh, so these were some real high level kind of subjects or topics people the students could work on. But as we look at how we're going to grow our economy, uh, we have a fantastic base here with all the agribusiness in the community. We want to say, how do we keep, how do we keep building on that and, and keep moving that forward so that, you know, we keep building on that legacy, but also we don't want to stand still. So if it's working through hackathons, finding entrepreneurs to start new ventures, finding companies we can, you know, work with and, and partner with in the area to do new things or bring here to, to be part of our community, you know, are there other kind of key questions or issues or challenges that, that we can uh, we can focus on? Well, you know, those three that you mentioned, I think, are one of the, probably the top three. That, that's the low-hanging fruit. Sure. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Uh, 
um, you can never, yeah, you, no matter what you say, you can, you can never uh, do enough to address safety in agriculture. It's one of the most dangerous jobs that are out there. Um, and automation is just the way that we are going. And, you know, in order to continue to be able to feed the world the way that we have, uh, we're not going to be able to do it the same way. Um, it's funny. Side note, I just saw recently John Deere put out the new X9 combine, and that's been all the rage on what I follow and feed and all that. Um, it's huge. It's fast. It's incredible. And uh, you got the guys, they got the one side of the equation, the guys are going, oh, this thing is huge, it's fast, and it's credible. And there's got the other side of saying, yeah, but I could buy five of these machines for what it costs to buy this one. But it comes back to your automation question. What right. does that machine do? It does the processing, the funneling, the handling, and doing all of that faster and more automatic than anything else up to that point. So I think that's one, too. The, the housing issue, in this county, that's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. it is gonna, that's going to be a battle that we fight constantly. Um, but if I move beyond there, and this is something, I don't know if you can find, if we can find an actual project or a way to handle this, but one of the things that I'm seeing more and more, we have a, we have a saying, or I say it a lot in my weather forecasts, and a lot of times when I come in and I'm talking to groups about my seasonal forecast, I get a lot of talks in from December through February, what do you see for the next growing year? Um, and one of the things I say for laughs a lot is, look, we all want a weather problem. Everybody wants a weather problem. We just want it in Iowa. <laughs> right, yeah. that's funny. you know we, we want our stuff to do good here and you know if anybody has better weather let be the Iowa guys you know um, but we're seeing that more not necessarily it's not rearing its head completely in Kosciuszko County but we're seeing it in Whitley County we're seeing it in DeKalb County we're seeing the not in my backyard kind of scenario mm -hmm. we want this development we want this but not here Mm -hmm. You can do it over there. You can do it over here. And I think that's going to be a challenge in Kosciuszko County as we move forward. Um, you know, Lily Center has done a good job on the lakes and streams side trying to, trying to not necessarily marry, but at least be able to have agriculture and lakes folks date, you know, and realize that, hey, you were not, neither side is all bad. It's done a good job there, but I think as we continue to grow and look at the automation, which will lead to what? larger chicken houses, larger hog facilities, or it's going to lead to an increase in beef production, or you could you see another processing plant of some kind. Maybe it's another, maybe it's a flour mill or something. And when you see these things come together, we have to make sure that we are able to combat the not here. Well, what's that going to do to this or in my little sphere of influence? I think that's one of the biggest challenges that agriculture faces going forward because we're losing cropland and we figured out how to be okay. Well, not okay. We figured out how to do more with what we do have to make up for what we're losing mm -hmm. as we see, you know, housing reach outside of the Warsaw city limits or we see annexation take this piece over here and this piece over here. But we've got to be able to combat the well, you guys can just go that way and do there. No, 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 no. We got to work together. That's a challenge. Now, can you get a bunch of high schoolers in a room and have them fix that? Probably not. Right. But that's one of the biggest challenges, right. honestly, I see right. for agriculture in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Sure. And, and so the county and I know most, if not all, of the municipalities are working together uh, on a comprehensive planning effort. Mm -hmm. And so certainly want to see that kind of mm -hmm. discussion happening. You know, how do, we, how do we work together to grow the community? 
knowing we're, we're all around the table. It's a round table. We're not on different sides of the table. It's, it's a round table. We're together. And, and I saw a report last week, actually, that Larry DeBoer from Purdue had worked on. Uh, it gets down to, you know, how, how well is your local government performing? Mm-hmm. And, and it reminded me of some research that, that uh, Larry DeBoer had done previously that, you know, to succeed in Indiana at a lo- as a local government, you need a strong agribusiness base mm-hmm. to keep the, the, the land values, you know, in place. You need, you know, residential growth, which we have with our lake communities and, and really the countywide residential growth. And you need industrial, mm-hmm. you know, 3% AV tax rates or property tax cap, uh, all to be working together. Yeah. And so I think we have that opportunity, I think, but I agree completely. It's up to us to keep that going. Well, and I think there's an opportunity there too, because look, okay, one of the counties that I just mentioned, right next door. If Whitley County is battling an effort, bat- battling right now in agriculture because they're saying, no, we don't want any more of these animal feeding operations. Noble County, if they said, no, we don't want this, we should be here going, we welcome you with open arms. See, that's an opportunity too. Right. You know, look, if they're wanting to say, we want a weather problem in Iowa, we need to willing, be willing to stand up and say, we're Iowa, bring it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's opportunity there as well. Right, right. That's exciting. Now, again, it's in front of us. It's something to work on. Um, but we certainly want to be a place that, uh, that we have that kind of forward-looking uh, perspective, and that's a place that you know we can we can welcome people if they want to live here, work here, go to school here, retire here, whatever it is. Uh, but we know that agriculture is such an important part of the county, yeah. and and where we're going. Well, and and I'll do a plug to. On another hat that I wear, I mean, you mentioned agriculture and going to school here. Grace starting a new agribusiness program is fantastic. They got that under their belt. Toby Forstay doing a great job over there. I'll plug uh, ag and commodity marketing class every other fall semester taught by yours truly. But you know that's an opportunity there that I think is growing. Saw a need. Right. You know why? Why see Kosciuszko County farm kids, FFA kids, go to school at Purdue, or go to school someplace else, and then go somewhere else right. uh, grace seeing a need and opportunity to keep keep that agriculture education locals come here to go to school maybe even start importing some in the class that i had uh probably a good half the class ohio backgrounds here at grace studying agribusiness it was fantastic to see that's true it's been a big part of our work at kedco is is trying to figure out how do we you know, recruit people here or recruit people back here mm-hmm. uh, and looking for people who are going to recognize and identify with what we have to offer which is the quality of life amenities, mm-hmm. the schools, the kinds of employment yeah. or job opportunities we have, and looking at similar kind of places like Northwest Ohio, or as just one example, uh, and, and let's go, let's go start some conversations with with people either that at any level they can come to school here, if they, you know, went to school at Grace and went back to Ohio and can come back at some point in the future as a boomerang. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. What sort of needs are uh, the Farm Bureau and Louis Dreyfus or uh, any of the radio stations mm-hmm. that you're working with? What sort of need do they have for talent or resources? Um, the talent is always going to be uh, it's always going to be something, you know. Um, I'm a firm believer in if you surround yourself with the right people, things work the way they should for your company. So that's where talent comes in. There's always going to be a need for talent. If we ever get to the point where we think we've got it taken care of, that we're talent rich, we're not. And, and before I go down that rabbit hole, I, I want to kind of come around over here in terms of it used to be very easy to have something like what you mentioned, Alan, ha- come together. Um, why am I back here? My family's here. I came home. 
-hmm. Some will argue, well, you didn't leave very long. Well, that's fine. But when I went to Purdue, I was planning at some point on coming home. That was something that you all wanted to do. You know, so when I started my career, the very first weather deal I had while I was still in college is I got on a TV station. I did weekend weather on a TV station. And so I thought TV was going to be it. Hey, this is pretty fun. Then you watched where people do in TV, you get a job where you get a job. That meant if Pasadena, California was hiring and you applied and you got the job, you go to Pasadena. And once you made it to Pasadena, you spent the rest of your career trying to get back to either South Bend or Fort Wayne because it's home. And that's just what my generation was about. Eventually you wanted to come home. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Home means something different to a lot to this generation that's coming through. So we have to do more to try and figure out what it is that we want. Now, on to the talent side of things. Um, what do we need? Um, not to sound like Mike Rowe, but I like Mike Rowe, so I'm going to try and sound it. What we need a lot of around here is we need that skilled labor. We need the skilled labor that's not necessarily the offshoot of a four-year degree program at XYZ University. Now, if you're running XYZ University here in Warsaw, Wyoming, Lake, Indiana, or if you're running it in Lafayette, wherever, you probably want to, you're probably plugging your ears right, but it's the honest to goodness truth. Right. Our unemployment rate is so low here, and the reason we have so many other issues within the community that people complain about, and when I say complain, it's good complaints to have. The fact that you can't go to Applebee's without having decent service these days because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. Well, who wants, to, who can work? Our unemployment rate is so low. And what do we still have the amount of work left for? It's these skilled jobs, right. um, the, the trade school-esque kind of jobs that are fantastic paying, allow you to do anything that you would want to do in Kosciuszko County or northern Indiana for that matter. And that's where the need is. Um, you find that kind of talent, and let me tell you, that's the kind of talent that you don't necessarily have to woo here with changing downtown or offering this, that, and the other thing. That's just actually changing the mindset of these of our, of our kids, of the next generation coming out of college or coming out of high school and deciding what they want to do with their lives. Right, Ryan. You mentioned you you just started farming here the last couple of years. Right. So the mindset. I mean, I guess. Uh, you know, is it just the, the, the students coming through high school or, or college, or I mean, could this be people at any any point in their career? You know, consider skilled trades, sure. you know, other kinds of ways to, you know, find find a job, make a job, sure. have a have your own company, have a side hustle. I mean, it's look. I go back to what I said at the beginning. I'm a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. Right. I have no business doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, none whatsoever. And, and that's me, and that's, I may be bombastic at times, but I'm humble, humble. I really have no business doing what I'm doing right now, but I am. Why? Because you evolve and you find what strengths are. You can do anything today. Why did I start farming? Nobody's asked that question. Well, let me just tell you why I started farming. I, came, I started farming to come, become a better marketer. I've had for years since I started trading futures and options back in 2010. I've had people call up and say, what's going on? What's the market going to do? What's it going to do? What's this? And for years, all I did was spouting them was, was theory or things that I'd learned right. over the years by doing this. Well, I've seen this. There's this trend and all this kind of stuff. I didn't have any skin in the game. I've got these guys, these multi-million dollar farmers calling me, asking me for advice. And here I am, Ryan Martin. Oh, by the way, I'm the weather guy. I'm self-taught in these other things, telling them what to do. 
I don't know what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started farming, to be a better marketer. It's not because somebody wakes up one day and says, hey, you know what, what should you do? We should go buy some land and we should, we should just gamble on what the weather is going to do and do. <laughs> Nobody says that. Right, right, right. And so at the same time, out of high school or whatever, what are you wanting to do? What is your goal? Where are you wanting to go? I'm somebody that says you always should be trying to better yourself. Mm -hmm. Always try to better yourself because it, you're not gonna, if you're not growing, you're stagnating. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think coming out of high school, coming out of uh, other careers or whatever, you gotta be open to whatever you're wanting to do. So that's a question I'm always curious about with, with folks we talk to is, you know, where do you look for for ideas to, to learn? I mean, are there podcasts you look to? Or are there books you've come <laughs> across recently that, that really spoke to you? No. Except for, shameless plug, the Burn in the Beaten podcast, available well, on Spot. No, uh, <laughs> no, this is the no, 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 no. I, I, we, we haven't recorded a new one in a long time because of the COVID situation. But, um, you know, I find myself... Um, I, I don't find myself listening to a lot of podcasts. I guess that's it's just a little bit beyond my my generation. I, so I don't go searching out for that. I don't spend a lot of screen time uh, looking for things like that. I don't understand the desire to watch YouTube videos of other people playing video games. I don't understand that. Um, but be that as it may, um, you know, I, I try and read some, but for the ideas, I'm just trying to be very in tune, and I lean on, I, I'm old school enough, I lean on the conversations that I have with other farmers and other people that I cross paths with daily. I'm more of a talker, obviously, mm -hmm. so rather than sit and read and bury here, I'm going to get ideas just from the, from the bounce back and talk with people. So I enjoy being able to talk with farmers from huge to small and be having contacts here. Uh, you know, I also, once somebody's in my contact book and I know what they do or what kind of specialty they may have, I also, I, you know, I'll call somebody up out of the blue or send them a text real quick and say, do you know anything about such and such or can you put me in contact with so-and-so? Because it may, and that may be the only thing you hear from me in two years is me going to say, hey, by the way, you remember me? Um, I got this question about such and such, who, and um, who can you put me in touch with? So to me, the networking part of it is what builds more of my idea gathering and, and where we want to go and what we want to do than anything else. Right. That's exciting. And just, just for the folks out listening, I uh, do want to note that our sound engineer, Telly Varga, when you mentioned watching YouTube videos of people playing video games, which I, have no, I don't understand. Two thumbs up from Telly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the generation. That's the one. <laughs> so, well, hey, a couple more questions I want to run by you. I mean, mm -hmm. again, you have a great perspective on the community, having been here, seen other places, come back. I mean, real high level. What, what's your vision for Kosciuszko County? Well, how far are we talking, Alan? I mean, that's the one thing. When you're it's, talking it's, it's vision, vision. You, I mean, you know, it's uh, two years, five years, ten years, or you know, after I'm gone. Um, if I put it in the simplest terms, um, I want I want Kosciuszko County. I want this community to be a place that my kids want to be in. I don't want to have to worry about my kid going to school and running to wherever East Coast, West Coast, Houston, whatnot. I want him to feel comfortable enough in his opportunities mm -hmm. to be here. 
Now, I don't want him to live in my house till he's 30. <laughs> but, I, you know, I want my kids to be able to feel like there is enough here that they don't have to go searching for somewhere else. I remember when I graduated high school, graduated college, you know, I was, I took the first job I could, but I had no problem going to Pennsylvania to go to work for AccuWeather out of the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd spent a lifetime here <laughs> at that time, lifetime here right, in Indiana. Right. And, you know, Pennsylvania was God's country. And we, we grow, we learn, you know. I, don't, I want, want my kids to feel free to explore and find and go where work takes them, do what's going to be best for them. But my vision for Kosciuszko County ultimately is I want my kids to be able to be here. I want my kids to be able to continue to farming enterprise if they so choose. Not feel that they have to, but they want to. That only happens if we don't wreck what we have and continue to build the good things and weed out the bad things. So right. my vision for Kaziyah, and I mean, that's incredibly bland and, and, you know, look, cliche, but it's the honest-to-goodness truth. You know, once, uh, once you, you've got your kids, you're like, all I want to do is make it so they can grow, survive, and love where they're at. Right. Excellent. So one question we'd like to wrap with, I think we're, we're at that point, and I mentioned at the outset before we started recording, this is a Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. Mm-hmm. Part of this is putting some, some discussion, some narrative around what is Clearly Kosciuszko, the stories of us, of who, mm-hmm. who is in Kosciuszko County. And so Clearly Kosciuszko, you know, what does that phrase mean to you when you hear that? Well, when you first asked the question, and to be clear, they prepped me with this question beforehand. I saw the question, and, and I Googled the site. <laughs> clearly, KC.com. Exactly. Clearly, KC.com. That is clearly spelled with a C. Um, but as I was looking at it uh, and thinking about it, you know, that kind of slogan to me means, okay, if, you, if, if anything is clearly something, it's clearly better, it's clearly this, clearly that, that means it's separated. It's a step, we hope, a step above. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I think of, of clearly Kosciuszko, what it means to me is it's, it's us distancing ourselves from those around us. Now, look, I, you got to be careful. If you're listening to this and you're from Elkhart County, Jackson Township, thumbs up, fantastic. But if you're from Elkhart County, Marshall County, it's not that we're saying, hey, we're better than you. It's nothing like that at all. But it's, look, we're clearly wanting to elevate the good things that we have here, the reasons why you folks should get out and go to Wildwood Nature Preserve, why you should go to Koinonia Nature Preserve, why you should do more than just buy the life jacket and get on the speedboat for the weekend over the 4th of July and not come back till next 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Because clearly there is more here than just what seems to be on the surface. And when you dig, you can find a lot of stuff. So does that work for you, Alan? Does that, does that, that get it across? Because that's, I mean, it's got to be a cut above. All right. So here's a good segue. Um, give us um, all the plugs. So give all us the, the radio stations. <laughs> what we can look forward to from Dreyfus, from Farm Bureau, from Grace. Everything. All right. Plug Ryan Martin. All right. So radio stations, make sure you listen to Who's Your Ag Today. Every opportunity you get, 60 stations across the state of Indiana. Oh, by the way, Michigan Ag Today up in Michigan, too, if you're traveling there. I got you covered up there. Uh, no, honestly, uh, we do uh, news, weather, market analysis. It's uh, the guys at Who's Your Ag Today, Gary Truett, Andy Eubank, great group there. Um, Louis Dreyfus, what can you expect from us? Hey, we're still here. We're going to be here. Uh, you're not going to just take 60 million bushels of crush capacity away. We're going to continue to be here. And honestly, 
my vision for Dreyfus and what we've started there, um, yeah, there's a lot of thought process out there that the big bad grain company just wants to buy your grain, buy your beans the cheapest possible. They don't care about you. If there is anything that I can dispel on this podcast, that is not the case with the way that I'm trying to attack things. Uh, guys can feel free to call me anytime. Ask what I think. I will always tell you what I think. That doesn't mean it's going to be right, but I will always tell you what I think and you know, try and work with you to get the best uh, the best available profitability that you have out there. So, but Dreyfus is not going anywhere. We're growing, loving life, loving life in Kosciuszko County. Honestly, I think that's the, probably the best thing that happened to the southern half of the county in decades and probably will be for decades to come. Uh, tooting our own horn there. Uh, as far as Farm Bureau, again, that organization, 100 years old, 101 now, we're not going anywhere. My, I'm finishing up my first year as president here. Got two more to go. This has been an interesting year. We have not been able to meet much. Haven't been able. We were not able to do our kids' pedal pull at the fair because the fair is not happening. I think we're going to be trying to shoot for that at an Echoes of the Past Plow Day coming up this fall. So stay tuned for more information on that. If you wanted to have your kids run the pedal power pull, it is still going to happen. We hope, fingers crossed. Um, but we're still here fighting for agriculture. If you need more information on the um, on the health insurance benefits plan. Make sure you get in contact with me. Uh, let's see, what else? Kosciuszko SWCD, we didn't talk much about that, but Soil and Water Conservation District is doing some interesting things here. Definitely looking at trying to expand use of cover crops in the area here, trying to protect the environment, kind of drop our nitrogen footprint just a little bit. Always willing to talk to anybody about conservation tillage and what we can do there, and, uh, and maybe even looking at a pilot program with uh, a certification for um, uh, for well, let's call it the friendly farming practices, if you will. Still working on, on how that comes together. Teaching at Grace every other fall semester, so not this year, but next year, Ag and Commodity Marketing. I believe you can still audit classes at Grace, so if you want to come and sit in on uh, some marketing advice, or not advice, some uh, marketing tools that I teach to college kids, do that anytime. I'm not sure what else there is, but this is not the Ryan Martin show, but you can get in touch with me anytime you want, and I'll talk your ear off. Good stuff, Ryan. Good stuff. All right. Well, hey, this has been a great discussion. Of course, we went way over because we had lots to talk about. And so I appreciate people hanging with us today. And, uh, again, plenty of opportunities ahead. And uh, we're all here. Again, Ryan's here, Jody, myself. Look forward to working with the listeners out there who want to connect with us and support these all these awesome efforts that are underway. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining great us today. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here.